Welcome to the Spirit Woke Podcast, podcasting from the beautiful city of Stillwater, the birthplace of Minnesota. Are you going through a spiritual awakening? Do you wish to learn more about continued spiritual growth and want to meet others who are on a similar journey? We hope that this podcast and its community can be a meaningful resource for you. The Spirit Woke Podcast welcomes special guests from around the globe who share personal stories of their awakening journey, along with details of spiritual abilities they've developed along the way. So buckle up and get ready for this exciting episode. And now, here's your host, Adam Dins. Friends, welcome back to the Spirit Woke Podcast. Today, I am so excited to welcome Back to the show, Ellen Red, an extremely gifted spiritual guide for our fourth and final episode of this series. If you've missed Ellen's previous episodes, go check them out on spiritwoke.com after you're done, of course, listening to this one. That being said, Ellen is here to talk to us today about twin flames, and it's a topic that I admittedly do not have much depth in, so this should be a really fun chat. Ellen, welcome back to the show. Yay! Thank you so much for having me back again. At least this time I, we're on my favorite subject, so I'm really excited to to chat. Yeah, so we we save the best for last. You know, that's that's how we do right? it here. And, <laughs> and although this won't be the last, but uh, it's the last of the series. So, um, and and I know you know twin flames. I've I, I see it uh, around a lot. You know, there's mm-hmm. lots of memes about twin flames. I see them everywhere. And I talk to a lot of people that reference tw- twin flames. And, you know, I've kind of heard some high level explanations about what they are, but there seems to be so many different kind of explanations or descriptions of what twin twin flames are that are floating around. Would you mind sharing your point of view? Like Ellen, to you, what is a twin flame? Yeah. Um, well, 10 years ago, if you tried to get online and look up the term twin flame, you probably wouldn't have seen anything about it. Maybe a couple articles or, you know, one, one older couple that used to talk about it a lot 10 years ago. Now it's become a kind of more of a mainstream topic. A lot of people are starting to hear about it and share, you know, information on it. But the truth is, is that it, there, it really is kind of a quote unquote new term because it's such sacred information. Information. And the knowledge of twin flames was buried back in the beginning of early humanity. Um, if you want to look at Mary Magdalene and, and Jesus Christ, they were twin flames. They were soulmates. They were the mates that the source creator made for one another that helped them in their evolution of enlightenment as they evolved. And that that's what led them to, to through their ascension, basically. So twin flames are like are like the the high end gourmet meal of relationships you might you might have some fast food relationships where you met somebody and you had a one night stand and it didn't work out well and you never saw them again or you could have got married but you felt like it wasn't quite the right situation or whatever but twin flames are the cream of the crop they are they are the ultimate the ultimate lover that you were made for from the highest dimension So is it true? Because one of the things that I've heard about twin flames is that essentially like twin flames are essentially the same soul, but somehow 
they were separate. The, the soul got separated. Two souls got separated, or the soul split. Um, and it's kind of when the twin flames reunite. It's sort of reignite, reigniting those two pieces of the soul back together again. Is that is that true? That's totally true. It's kind of like the old Greek uh, story or uh, the Greek god Zeus and how we were split. Although my understanding is that that was our experiment in coming to Earth. And part of our reincarnation cycles have been that we didn't quite find each other. or We didn't uh, evolve in our lives before in terms of being true lovers, not just on a romantic level, but lovers of all that is and all the, the of the Earth and the animal kingdom and all of that. So as you become evolved in your soul and you really start to be true to your own soul self, you will be then coming back to your true soulmate or twin flame soulmate. So, um, but anyway, yeah, we were split and that was our experiment is that we were going to come from this higher realm. We were going to split apart and we were going to go to earth and try to find our way back to each other and back to love. And we failed that many, many lifetimes um, through wars and, and prostitution and, you know, every other kind of human carnal sin that there is. And it's kept us earthbound and it's kept us repeating, you know, these patterns. But as we evolve in our soul and we, we detach from all of the earthly things, we, uh, we are reunited with our twin soul. So when you say it's an experiment, what does that mean? Like, what did, uh, did, does that in, in, infer that like, like say you or myself, like before we came here, we decided that we wanted to do this experiment or, or where does that originate from? My understanding, again, from out-of-body experiences and going to source is that I was shown that we, on a soul level, we already knew that we were going to come to Earth. And Earth is really the most densest um, reality in the universe. So we agreed that we were going to split ourselves off from light and love and go into the darkest reality and try to see if we could cut ourselves off from the light completely to see if we could find our way back to it again. So all the dark ages in humanity, we've been fumbling around. We, we, we've detached ourselves from our true spiritual knowing of who we are. And uh, we've, give, we've been going through wars and all sorts of just horrific things that are not true to our soul nature. And uh, through all of that, we've had to turn around and see if we could still have love in our hearts and still find our way back home. That was our experiment. And we, and we really, we really failed. So recently, maybe in the last 20 years, we started to have a lot of divine intervention from galactic beings, which we could do another topic on that one another day. But, you know, we've had a lot of divine intervention to assist us in um, bringing the light back to planet Earth so that we could uh, save humanity, really. And that's part of what the Twin Flame journey is, is that we agreed on a soul level that we were going to come here and anchor that unconditional love love into the core of the earth to assist in the earth's ascension as well the, the whole planet because we we were failing and we we are on the verge of, of destruction on a planetary level and so um our this great awakening that we're seeing now with with lots and lots of souls and by the way twin flames are what the bible predicted are the 144,000th you've heard of that before yeah in the book of revelation yeah, it's not just twin flames. There's other there's other soul souls that are on different soul missions, but twin flames are a big part of that of the 144,000th 
that were sent here to assist humanity. And it was predicted in the Bible, all of this has been written since the beginning of time, right? So it was predicted that we were going to come and have this great awakening during this time, which we just passed through, I think it was last month, uh, through that the Lionsgate portal, where we're now really um, in the days of enlightenment. So now we have this global uh, collective community of awakened beings that have been doing the grid work and whole and you know holding the vibration of unconditional love on the planet to assist the whole ascension of the entire planet to reach higher dimensions so everybody's being affected by this but the twin flames is, is our uh, souls that specifically came to show that true love is real and and to ground that true unconditional love into the core of the earth interesting so does that mean that so for that 144,000 are those are those the only twin flames or does everybody have a, a twin flame? Well, I wish I, that I knew you were going to ask me this question. <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me this question because it comes up quite a lot. And, and I know that there's a lot of people around in the community saying that not everybody has one, but I I don't agree with that. I can only speak from what I was shown. And so I was shown that all souls are made this way, that we are made with one true love partner that is our, our soulmate and our mate for, for all of eternity, our beloved. And no soul is made without one, you know? I mean, that doesn't make sense to me at all. But I, I can only speak on what I was shown. And I was shown that this is how we are made on a soul level, that all souls are are made male and female under the likes of God, and that we must become one with ourself, male and female, to be one with God. That's the first, that's the first verse in the Bible. And I'm not a Bible thumper, but there's a lot of truth in there, right? So um, I do believe that everybody is made with one, yes. Now, I, whether everybody's going to come in union in this life, I know that's not going to happen because um, of the level of soul growth that one has to endure to reach the, uh, the initiation for the Twin Flames. You're initiated on a soul level. And I would assume that both people then would have to kind of go through that process, right? So if one person does and the other, or one soul does and the other doesn't, then there's still like that that waiting time, right? Yeah, but that's where, that's where I think a lot of people are with the wrong twin or somebody they think is their twin that's not really their twin. And there's a lot of that going on right now. There's a huge amount of misinformation in the twin flame communities now because it's such a new topic. And there are so many souls out there that got with somebody that they feel good feelings for and they think it's their lover, but they think it's their twin, but they weren't initiated on a soul level. And if you're not initiated on a soul level into the twin flame journey, then you're just doing what everybody else does. You're getting in relationships and learning and growing from it. That's definitely not the same thing. So, um, you, you, so what I'm going to come back around to your, your question there is that the misinformation is that one twin can be more evolved than the other twin. And that's not true because you are the same soul and you're the same, you share the same consciousness. So, all, all of the growth that I've gone through in my journey, he's gone through 
on his in his perspective in his life. Sometimes he might be a little ahead of me on some information, but it only takes a couple months for me to kind of catch up to what he was talking about or saying. Sometimes it'll take me a minute and he understood something and I didn't. And sometimes I understand it and he doesn't because we're feminine and masculine energy. And so we communicate differently and we ha- we hold different gifts, meaning that I rule the heart and I speak the heart language and he rules the mind and he speaks the mind language. And we have to translate that in our communication, which we usually do through through telepathy first, um, so that there's no ego uh, energy getting interfering in our ability to understand one another. Because the ego, again, it, it gets in the way of everything love, right? Be it be it lovers or be it you know brothers and sisters or whatever it is. But the ego will get in the way, and so a lot of times twins will telepathically be communicating all day, every day, and they don't—they may not even know that they're doing that, but they're doing it. And when you become consciously aware of it, then all the fun begins. <laughs> but you can't really have one twin that's like well aware of it, and the other one's not for ten years. That's it. Just unless unless that the other person is really just trying to run from the truth of their own soul, and that definitely happens too. But you do share the same consciousness. And so as I've evolved on a soul level, he's evolved on a soul level. When I learned a lesson about, you know, true love, he learned a lesson about true love. Where where my wound is, he has matching wounds. We are the exact mirror of one another on a soul level in all aspects. We have the same demons. We have the same challenges. We've had, you know what I'm saying? But male versus female perspectives. Yeah, that that's so. So, Ellen, let me ask you this question: Do you believe in, or I shouldn't say, do you believe? But what do you like? What's your take on on soul contracts? So, before you come here and soul families and sort of making arrangements, like you know, who's going to play what role in that person's life? Do you believe in that? Totally. We, it, everything was rewritten, pre-written before we came here. We can most certainly alter it with, you know, actions and deeds and things that we do here, but everything was pre-written beforehand. And we agreed. We agreed. So that's why you, numer, numerology or numbers, number sequences and things like that are so important and are triggering people like the 1111. And, and that's also related to twin flames, but those number sequences are important because before we came here, we agreed that things were going to happen and certain numbers we would start seeing and it was going to cause a memory in our mind to cause us to have an awakening in our soul so that we would remember, oh yeah, this is why I'm here and what my mission is and and that I have this person I'm going to meet and whatever. It's causing us to have a soul recall and soul soul memory. So, so let me ask you this question then. It- when we when we make those soul contracts before we come into uh say this life right like we make contracts with people that you're going to be my you know in this life you're going to be my wife and in this life you're you know uh, or I shouldn't say in this life you're going to be but you just agree right like like someone mm-hmm. a spirit may agree that they're going to be my wife in this lifetime yeah. another one might agree well I'm going to be your 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 high school gym teacher whatever that whatever those Yes. Relationships are right. So then Mm -hmm. if if that's the case, if we do that, if we create these contracts, then how does the twin flame reconnection come back in? Because wouldn't you theoretically want to when you come back in this life to make that part of your soul contract to say that whoever that twin flame is, is that you would reconnect in this lifetime? 
the twin flame connection is beyond what you what you're agreeing for. So what you're talking about is having soul contracts where one lifetime you were my mom and one lifetime you were my husband and one lifetime and that kind of a thing. The twin flame transcends all of that and it only happens meaning that you are only initiated into that twin flame union when you've completed all of the other lessons meaning that twin flames are ascended masters. Ah, they okay. They aren't going to be reincarnated onto the planet again. They've already gone through all those other lessons and now they've come as ascended masters to teach and hold the vibration of of uh, unconditional love. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That that you're it, the the twin flame uh union is your true eternal soulmate. You're never going to have to be apart from them again. You graduate. You're done. You get to go. You get to go after after this. To to you can come. You can choose to come back on Earth as twins together again if you want to. A lot of uh, what I understand is that a lot of us are going to be uh, in a, another dimension, assisting for a, a period of time. And like as predicted in the Bible and other teachings, you also get to go on to new planets and have planets of your own because you're now an ascended master. You are a god, pretty much. So. So that's uh, that's that's my understanding of that. Yeah, kind of kind of mind blowing uh, for sure. So <laughs> so uh, so so then that I, so when when we hear the term soulmate, right? Because hearing your explanation of what twin flame is, and then, you know, thinking about the word soulmate, it sounds like, and maybe I'm I'm wrong on this, but it sounds like ideally that twin flame and soulmates are the same thing, except that we take the word soulmate and make it into something that we think it is. Right. So like, Oh, I, I found my, I found my soulmate, even though if that person's not your twin flame, are they really your soulmate? You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. I, I totally understand every, we're all so confused in so many ways. It, in here's the best way I can describe that. Every single one of us, even our pets and trees and plants and flowers and every living sentient being is an aspect of the one soul that is God. So in the highest picture of all that is, everybody's a soulmate because everybody is uh, an aspect of God. And when you feel close to another being. For me, I have a cat that's a soulmate. She, I've had her for 24 years. She is my soulmate. She has been there for me on such deep uh, spiritual levels for so many years that I know she was meant to be in my life, but she's an aspect of me. She's an aspect of God. She's an aspect of the all that is, and therefore we are soulmates, right? But where twin flames are concerned versus any other uh, uh soulmate is that twin flames are, they're basically, I don't know how to describe it. They are the exact same soul, pretty much. They are the exact same soul signature, meaning that, um, my cat can pass away and move on without me, but my twin flame can never leave without me. He's he can pass away, but he'll always be inside of me and my soul. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. This is this is really interesting. And and, you know, for those who are, are listening in, uh, you know, we love having these types of conversations on the podcast because 
you know, uh, we, we really like to di- deep dive into a topic and, and you may hear uh, on this on this show someone else with a different perspective on Twin Flames, you know, or on any of the other s- subjects that we talk about. But I love to have people who come in that have such a deep uh, experience with these topics that they can share from their heart what they've experienced and it's it's not just book knowledge or something mm-hmm. that that they've read somewhere something like Ellen who has experienced this in her travels and her communication with with source so um, so Ellen I, I think you touched on this but I I, I do want to like hammer uh, on, on it a little bit more so does is a twin flame always a romantic relationship in the end or can they be other things like could your could your cat have been uh, your twin flame no the cat cannot be the twin flame um the the animal kingdom has if i remember or at least i'm going to speak from just what i understood from from going to source and and seeing the akashic records so i'm going to try to touch on that but basically what i understand is that the animals have kind of a whole different purpose they're definitely you can't you're not going to obviously have a romantic relationship with your cat that's just weird okay we're weird in the spiritual world but that's really weird okay <laughs> oh, sure. <Of> course. <laughs> but uh as far as are twin flames always a romantic uh yes they are really are um and it doesn't mean and that they're always going to have that they're always it's it's not just about love and butterflies and rainbows as a matter of fact so even though it's definitely a love union between the male and the female which is love it's like think of it like this if you if you look at look at all the wars in this world and everything that's going on and if you really think about it everybody's killing each other and raping each other and beating each other up and just committing a kind of horror that there is. Why are they doing that? What's causing it? My, my thought on it is that uh, it's our, and, and I may be wrong here, but my, my perspective on it, it, it's sort of a global consciousness in that when we have these thoughts, a lot of us have these negative, angry, what, uh, whatever thoughts they are that are running through our minds and uh, because we are all connected and because of different quantum elements that factor in um it, one one thing affects another so if you break a you know a, a, an electron down to its most base component down to that that particle um and you split it right uh, the 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 upon the splitting one of those particles will have the same effect on the other once they're split right so we're all connected. It that's just a right. quantum level, right? So if I'm having these thoughts, if I'm having these negative, angry, bitter, whatever, it's also happening somewhere else, and because of that, it turns into um, a lot of the negative stuff that we actually see happen. It's 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 sort of the manifestation okay. of those things. Okay. Now, if every single one of those those particles or those people really, really, really understood the honest soul level that they had one perfect fit of a partner, a partner that loved every aspect of everything that they were and are, if they really felt that they were loved, that that person was never going to cheat on them, never going to lie to them, never going to hurt them, never going to leave them, never going to abandon them, do you really think that they would be out there in the world committing all those sins, especially if they knew that that true love that loved them could see everything that they were doing? Yeah, I don't know. I would... um... 
I would hope that they wouldn't, you know, but so, uh, yeah, but I mean, well, how, but I guess, so what? Oh, go ahead. Okay. Go You go ahead. No, I was going to say, but you do find people who, 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 who are off. And I, I don't mean off in a bad way, but you see it happen times where you have people who, a couple who come together and they both do terrible things together and they're both madly in love with each other. And, you know, like Bonnie and Clyde. Well, that's, well, that's a false love. So, so again, we'll come back to the ego and the ego, uh, puts on a nice little show and acts like a nice little person and lures people in with its charm. Right. And, and doesn't necessarily mean that it's a good person just because they're, they're charming. So the ego gets in the way of love. The ego is, is love's enemy, right? It's the false sense of self and the false sense of self is again, that person that doesn't really believe and know that they're loved on a soul level for who they truly are. So they put on this mask and pretend to be somebody that they're not. And then they attract mates from the perspective of the mask that they're wearing. That's, that's not true love. You, you have to first get authentic with your own soul and be really true and on a soul level of who you are and, and before you can attract the mate that's your true soulmate. But when you do and you realize what a beautiful gift it is and that, you were tr- that you've always been truly loved, you're not going to want to go out and kill people and still, but you, you don't have the need for that anymore. You don't, you don't, you're doing that out of hurt and out of anger and out of rage because you don't feel that you're loved. But when you realize that you really and truly are loved on a soul level for who you are inside, then you're you're not you're not inclined anymore to do those kind of deeds. I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah, I mean, it it, it definitely makes sense that if you um, if you think about love and you think about um, you know true love and unconditional love that and and how high that vibration is, right? That that you couldn't necessarily have. And I, I shouldn't say couldn't, but, you know, uh, it would be very difficult to have that level of intense love and have other sort of negative um, feelings at the same time. You know what I mean? Like to be yeah. conflicted like that. Well, and and here's how you can oftentimes tell, you know, whether it's a true twin situation is that your your true twin doesn't even get brought into your world until you have already, you know, are living in love for all beings. So it's all about love love for all that is, right? So if if you see a couple and they say they love each other but they're out beating on the waiter or, you know, fighting with everybody else that they meet, they're not they're there, that's not what love is. So that that's a contradiction. Uh, you can't uh, you can't get to your true twin or your true mate that was made from God until you yourself are worthy. You have to again. It comes back to soul work and it, and it comes back to cleaning up your own vibration because if you don't clean up your vibration, you're you're going to be attracting whatever. If I'm uh, smoking meth, I'm going to be attracting partners that smoke meth. I'm not going to be attracting the mate that God made for me when I'm in a, in a gutter somewhere smoking meth. You see what the difference? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So when you take into account, you know, like where you say someone kind of gets their soul cleaned up, right? They, they learn their lessons. They're not being mean to other people. Um, or no, I shouldn't say mean, but you know, they're, they're acting in love. Um, you know, for, for, for those listening in who are like, well, you know, I, I tend to live my life that way, but there are times where, you know, like I just get fed up or we just get fed up and we, 
You know, we, we have our moments where we're not that perfect soul. Like, does that mean that I'm not, my soul isn't where it should be? Like, are we, it, it, when we're in, when we have that love, when we've reached that state of love, is that something that's always there every moment of our life? Or do sometimes we slip and kind of experience maybe anger or frustration or whatever those things are and, and let it get the best of us for a short period of time? Oh, well, yeah, good question as always. We're not nobody's ever perfect. We're never going to be perfect. There's no such thing as perfection. We're on a journey that is ever expanding to constantly evolve and to to uh grow. But will we will we ever reach a place where we're always in that high vibrating love? Yeah, we we kind of can and do. We we will still slip sometimes, but for the most part the more and more that you evolve and the more and more that you practice it, this is why it's called mastery. You hold yourself in that vibration of love all the time. You learn how to address anger and it comes, you acknowledge it, okay? I'm pissed off about this. I don't like it when people do things that they know are wrong like rape being kids, that pisses me off. I release it to the universe. I give it to God. And then boom, I'm free. It's not about perfection. It's about learning how to master the energies. The energies are always going to be there. You're always going to have all of those emotions because that's how you're made and they're, and they're rightfully there for a reason. It's just really about learning how to master them to where you can, where you don't allow it to bring you into a lower vibration. You don't allow it to become you. But it's not about perfection. It's just about mastery of your emotions and your thoughts. And the more that you master them, the more that you can prevent yourself from suffering. You know what I'm saying? Because you suffer when you hold on to anger. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you suffer when, uh, and, and even if it's not anger, you suffer when you're, when you're stuck in your thoughts, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. Like when you're just- Sadness. Yeah, sadness or frustration or, I mean, you name the feeling, right? I mean, even... I feel like sometimes you you, you can even suffer when there are really good thoughts in your mind, you know, Uh, it's and but you're always in your mind, you know, with that. So Mm -hmm. I I really believe in in like in in the Tao Te Ching, you know, or Mm -hmm. who talks about the pendulum. Have have Mm -hmm. you the, the Tao Te Ching? I haven't, but I think we talked about this once before. Maybe I think I know what you're talking about, where the, where if you're focused too much on, on something that's positive, you're not allowing the flow of energy to move through you, so you're not allowing yourself to experience everything that's meant for you, which means you're, you're also in avoidance. And that would be related to addictions, right? Because you like to feel good when you're drinking, so you keep drinking over and over, and that, that's also not healthy, even though it makes you feel good when you do it. Is that kind of what it, what it's referring to? No, but that's really interesting because I hadn't um, uh, hold on to that thought, Ellen, because I want to mm-hmm. I want to go back to that uh, in a second. Okay. Um, no, with the, with the with the Tao Te Ching, um, you know what Lao Tzu says is we should you know if you think about uh, a pendulum, right? If you swing it all the way to one side, what does it do? It, goes it swings back. To it the goes other. yeah all the way. Yeah. And so you're always living if if you're always at one one end of of the spectrum, you're always bouncing back to the other and you never. And so and both of those extremes are are not necessarily great places to be because you just keep bouncing forward. And he he sort of he, he sort of explains it as like if you are going to walk to get somewhere, if you walked from side and then swung back to side and then swung back to the other side and swing back to the other side. 
You'll never yeah, see you're, where you're going, right? Exactly. And so his whole concept is we should be in the middle. We should be centered. Mm-hmm. And when we're centered, we don't swing too far to the left or to the right. We can acknowledge those beautiful things or those terrible things and let them go and just be centered. And that is the way. And I, I've always loved that that concept, even though it, it can be hard to, um, you know, kind of always be in that center. So that yeah, that. That's to me, that's referring more to the difference between being passive, aggressive, and assertive. So if you're passive, you're letting everybody else run you over. If you're aggressive, you're running them over. And if you're assertive, you're staying balanced in the center without letting either side uh, suck you under. <laughs> but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Totally. So you like, yeah, absolutely. And so and it's not that you shouldn't be really happy about things or ecstatic about them. I mean, you should have, yeah, you can absolutely have those feelings, but letting it pull you, you know, in so far in one direction versus the other, you know, right. it's going to cause that back and forth swing. Yeah, um, totally. Good so, point. So Ellen, let's go back to what you were saying. Cause that, that really interests me. I want to, I want to continue to hammer on that point because because really what we're talking about here is sort of like that putting our soul through the fire, if you will, like a like mm-hmm. a diamond, right? Like you put a coal yeah. under pressure and, you know, that's how a diamond is formed. And so I feel like that is a really good sort of analogy for for us as, as human beings and as souls is that, you know, we, we go under this intense pressure and then at the end of it, you know, once we come out of it, we're this, this and we always are that diamond, right? But we just right. sort of morph into that with the with the pressure. So can, can you, can you go back and cause I, you touched on it quickly, but, but can you restate what you did earlier about like being kind of like stuck on being addicted to like feeling good and that becomes like an addiction, just like anything else that, um, I'm doing a terrible job rearticulating. No, no, I understand what you're, what you're looking for. Yeah. So basically this is where we, this is where we cause ourselves a lot of suffering also in our in our human physical vessels is that we, you know, it's really easy to eat an ice cream and that ice cream tastes so good and you love the way it tastes and it's got sugar in it. It makes your, your cells excited. It goes to your brain. It makes you feel good. And then you want to just keep eating ice cream all the time. But the fatter that you're getting, the more you feel like crap, you lose your self-esteem. It's really, it's an outside way to feel good, which means it's a false happiness. The same thing with drinking alcohol, the same thing with having having, you know, sexual, like sex addictions and, you know, uh, any other kind of uh, addiction or substance abuse or any such thing is all false happiness. But we're doing it because we're reaching to feel good because we want to feel good. Why do we want to feel good? We want to feel good because that's our true spiritual nature. We were never meant to be in a state of suffering all the time. That's the truth. Suffering has a purpose until you realize that it has no purpose. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to remember uh, what that, what the Buddhist philosophy is on, on suffering. Like you, um, I know Eckhart Tolle touches on, on that as well in terms of suffering, how, and I'm, 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 I'm it's gonna- a- so all suffering is is due to attachment. So again, even with the addictions, you're doing it to feel good, but you're attached to it. You become attached to it to feel good, so you never get to feel. So you're you're again, it, the pendulum swings back and forth because that's the cycle of uh, addiction, and it's also also the cycle of codependent relationships. 
you're in the relationship because you want the mate, but you but you don't really necessarily like that person. So you're you're in this you need them, but you don't love them kind of a thing. And so you're you're in this back and forth kind of a thing. Same thing with addictions. I want to feel good. I do it. I feel good for a minute, then I feel like crap later, and now I'm back on the other end of the spectrum on on the other end of the pendulum. So how does one then like what does it mean for someone to feel? good right because we all want to feel good spiritually Mm -hmm. say without the uh, addiction side right without doing the 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 things like you know either whether it's eating extremely unhealthy or you know being addicted to substances like what what is it it, are you getting to the point where is your point that when you get that true love when you your soul gets that place once you're vibrating there like is a constant thing yes filling it with other things Yes, correct. But but again, even the twin flame love is really about self-love. It, it, it is about the love of your soul. And so you, I don't need my twin flame to be in my life every day. I don't need to be, you know, holding his hand everywhere that I go because I already know that he's with me wherever I go. So it's this peace. It's this calm. It's this everything that they talk about in church you already have built into you with your, your best friend and your lover that's in your soul. It's the alchemical marriage. Yeah, I don't need him to to come over and act or behave a certain way. I don't need him to buy me flowers on Valentine's Day. I don't need those things because I already know that he's my best friend and my soul with me everywhere I go. What do I need any of that other stuff for? We have fun everywhere we go. We, we're Because we're always together. We're married in soul. We're, we're alchemically married. We, I don't need... You see what I'm saying? So once you realize that your beingness, this all comes back to everything that every spiritual teacher ever taught you and everything that we really heard in church, only it's a different perspective of seeing it, right? So so all of a sudden, your beingness, just being, I can just lay down on my bed and I can sit and talk to him about anything. My bad day, my good day, my whatever. He's already there with me. He's my best friend and my soulmate, my eternal soulmate. I don't need anything. I can be in a jail cell and he's still there with me. Does that make sense? Yeah, it so, totally, totally makes sense. But if I'm but if I'm going and smoking cigarettes or going and having sex with other partners or whatever, then I'm violating my soulmate because he shares my soul, so he knows that what I'm doing. You know, you see what I mean. He, on a soul level and in the invisible realms, nothing is is really a secret. So everything in the akashic world, everything is is out in the open. There's no secrets to anything that we're that we're doing, or even our thoughts are not. Uh, our thoughts are not even safe, okay? <laughs> so you kind of have to get to this place in your own spiritual evolution and spiritual growth where you manage your thoughts, you manage your feelings, and you manage your yourself, and you learn to love your own soul and, and be naked in your own soul to where you understand that in the Akashic world, everybody sees everything, and you're not ashamed of it because you shouldn't be. But if you're doing if you're doing things that are against the spiritual laws, then you're going to be living in shame, and you're going to be living in fear, and you're going to be hiding from yourself. Is really what it is, and, and therefore, you know, you're suffering because you're not really being true to yourself. But the more that you become true to yourself, then the more that you're true to your twin flame, and therefore, you can live in peace in in the cosmos and anywhere that you are freely. Because you're true to yourself. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it makes sense. So on that note, what do you like? What's your perspective on people who, um, or I should say, people, those of us who we, you know, say we really, really, truly love ourselves unconditionally, so much so that we feel like we don't need anybody else to be in a relationship with that. We're happy just kind of doing our own thing. Right. Like, cause there's a lot of that nowadays uh, in particular. And, and I know, you know, I know there are definitely some people who truly are that way because they're, they're happy with their life the way it is. Uh, yeah. That's all. Wherever you are is where you're supposed to be. I wouldn't tell anybody to change anything about where they're at or what they're doing. And wherever you are is where you're supposed to be no matter what. Right. But my, I guess what my, my question is, because you know, when we think about the twin flame, right, does that mean, is it, I mean, are there lives, let's just say, where we're, we're not supposed to be with someone and we're supposed to be just kind of doing our own thing? Uh, because, you know, like, or I, I guess the question I'm trying to ask is if we have truly evolved our soul to a place where, you know, we are ready to be reunited with our twin flame, Right. Would mm-hmm. we then have the feeling of not wanting to be with somebody? You you will one hundred percent be guided to so wherever your soul is at, you're 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 gonna be guided for whatever it is that your soul's needing. You you were already agreed to come to earth and, and have a certain role and have certain experiences and know certain people and then at this time this would happen and so on and so forth. You're always one million percent guided by angelic beings, one hundred percent all the time. So wherever you are in your evolution is where you're supposed to be and whatever you need, you're gonna be guided for. And if you're being given downloads of information or for me, what happened with the the twin flame journey is I, about 10 years ago, I started to get uh, downloads. This was even before my awakening. I was getting downloads about the twin flame journey. And, uh, it, it was like this absolute awareness. I was so psychic. I was having remote uh, viewings where like this big giant thing would turn on the side of my head and I would zoom in and look at these little ant-sized people and listen to conversations in the room that they were in. I was getting huge downloads spiritually and I was 100% guided and being shown the twin flame awareness and yet I was involved in a relationship with somebody else and I lost a baby with this person and it broke my heart. I mean, my heart tore right in half, but I was being guided so much spiritually that I was like, wait a minute, he's the one. And this is what the spirit's been showing me. And so I was holding on to that, you know, not realizing that the spirit was moving me through something. So I was kind of got stuck on him being the one for a while until I was led to the one. And when I was led to the one, I was taken out of my body again. And I was, um, it was, it was so, I don't know how, it was so much. Again, these things are so hard to describe in in physical words, verbal words, you know, but I was uh, again taken out of my body and together it was like our hearts it was like both of our souls came out of body and our hearts magnetized to each other on a higher perspective or a higher dimension and time froze and I could see that he and I were made of the same soul and, and I could see that we were our alchemically married meaning that we were the ones that mother father God created together and so there was 
all the other people before this that I dated, every one of them had some lesson that I learned. Every one of them fell apart for a reason that my soul came to meet this person and know that he was my true uh, twin soul. And, and it was all part of my spiritual evolution. It's not just about true love. You know, it's really about your soul's evolution. And again, that you are uh, ascended masters and that, that we had to go through so many other things. So if you're not there or somebody else isn't there yet, who cares? You're where you're at because you're being guided to wherever you're supposed to go. You know, you can't force it. Yeah. Again, it's just like coming out of your body. Remember, we talked about that on the on the other session. You can't force yourself to to do anything spiritual. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> but wherever you are is where you're supposed to be, and it's all about the evolution of your soul. Absolutely, yes, hundred percent. You know, and 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 to be appreciative of the journey and not yeah not look at it as you know a, a comparison. And it, it's so mm-hmm. easy to do that. You know, um, and it, it's interesting because. Especially nowadays, and here I'm going to sound like the the old fogey, right? But like, mm-hmm. you know, information is so readily available to us nowadays. You know, you can go on social media, you can go to Google. I mean, you know, anything you want to find out, you can find out, you can learn. Anybody who's out there like you or myself that's talking about this stuff, you can go find it and listen to it. Mm-hmm. And it's great to some extent, but at the same time, I feel... Like it also creates this uh, unrealistic expectation of where, you know, it can create this unrealistic expectation that people set of where they should be yeah. in, their, in their journey, you know? Yeah. And I knew when I first started going through my awakening, um, you know, and I, I didn't know where to go, you know, because you know, I didn't have any of the sort of this, the, the or at least I, I didn't recognize any of sort of the psychic gifts or anything like that, any of the mm-hmm. abilities but I, I was going through more of a conscious awakening. And, and so I went to Twitter, <laughs> great place to go. <laughs> and, and I ran into all these, you know, these, these, these accounts, these Twitter accounts that were talking about all this stuff. And it's like, whoa, like, what is that? And it's part yeah. of the reason why I created this podcast was I wanted to sort of like learn about this stuff from people who, who I trusted as sort of experts in, in yeah. this arena, you know, but at the same time, when you learn about that stuff, I remember there was this one uh, account and I was asking them questions, but they they were talking about uh, different dimensions. And this was like maybe a, a few weeks after I sort of had this awakening experience, you know, mm-hmm. and I was asking questioning about the dimensions and the feedback was like, well, if you, if you were, if you were at this dimension, then you wouldn't be asking these questions. And so it's not, you know, and that's why you don't understand it. And then I was like, wow, uh, that was ego based. It sounds like, huh? Well, and it's fun, but that, yeah, but you know, when you're new and you're going through an awakening and you're like, what's wrong with me? Like, why, uh, the, why am I not there? Right. But I know that happens a lot of times to people. I've talked yeah, to people all the time. It's happened to me all the time. You know, I, I see others talking about something I haven't yet had the experience and I, I might have a lot of evolution in a lot of ways, but it's normal. And in a, in a certain way, it's kind of good because the moment that you start asking, well, why didn't I, is the moment that it means you're being initiated to have that experience. (laughs) So, so, you know, you never know if if you're, if you're meant to, you're going to anyways, but yeah. The twin, go ahead. Oh no, I just finishing that thought up and that that's kind of where I feel it's easy to get into that, not 
not respecting the journey sometimes yeah. it's it, 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 it sort of just it's like anything you know you go on social media and you see someone who just is having the greatest life ever and you compare yourself to that person and it's like well wait a minute you weren't made to compare yourself to anybody else you are meant to live your journey and to enjoy your journey and to appreciate it and be grateful for it and and just let it go where it goes you know well, and I'm glad that you brought that up because the truth is, is that even, even a decade into my twin flame journey there, it, it's not all, it's not some fairy tale situation. Like it is in a lot of ways, it's the most unbelievably amazing thing that you'll ever experience. But in other ways, it's also the most excruciatingly painful. Talk about the pendulum swinging. In order to get to the highest of the highs, you go through the lowest of the lows with your twin. And so we've endured some of the most horrific pain to heal our soul. We, we have gone through some of the most extraordinarily painful experiences and healing some of the darkest energies and doing ancestral healing and all past life healing and everything else together because, again, we're eternal mates. So this is our soul, and we're doing this as soul work for our soul. It's not about this fairy tale that, that a lot of people think that it is, and especially in the twin flame communities too, and there's a lot of misinformation there. So if people aren't doing their soul work, who cares about their lover? Like, what does that have to do with anything really? You know, because again, it's all about your soul's evolution and healing and, and you know, getting yourself straight with the divine. And, you know, because at the end of the day, that's what it's about is are you, are you straight with God? Because if I don't have the approval from the divine that this person's my mate or this is the job I need to be at or this I should turn right or turn left, then I'm not, I'm not going. I need, I need the divine's, uh, you know, guidance uh, above all things. And I think a lot of people do miss that in this, in this uh, community. And so it's a good reminder to just kind of keep your, yourself straight with the divine no matter what you're doing because when you're doing that, you're, all, you're always honoring the spiritual laws, you're honoring your soul, and wherever you're meant to be, you're going to go. And by the way, the, our twin flame journey, we, we, it's been a decade and we, it's not like we – it's not like a human third dimensional relationship. It's nothing like that at all. Which we which we didn't get into, right? We didn't even go into to what the the it's been like. But it, it, it's not like meeting the the man of your dreams and getting married and driving off in some fancy car to some beautiful castle somewhere, <laughs> right? So what what is it like then? What it's like is it's it's magical, like in the sense that he can just, he can send telepath. We telepathically communicate every single day. He can say, I could be feeling bad about something going on in my world. Cause I'm, I'm in one state and he's in another state. We live in different States and he can send me telepathically a song and it will start playing in my heart and it will just cheer me up. Right. Or I can, I could feel something fall on his head and, and I could see where he was at and I could, you know, like we're talking and communicating telepathically. It's magical in that sense because it's completely a fifth dimensional relationship. It, even though we have third dimensional bodies and, and we live in this world and everything, but it's a fifth dimensional relationship. And so when we're, when 
when we're always connected like that, we're always communicating. So I never feel alone. I know that I'm never alone. I always have my best friend and my lover and my true love with me everywhere I go. You know, if I start falling out of alignment with source, then I get a little thump on the chest. We dream together. We, you know, so there's a lot of stuff going on that's super awesome, but it's not, you know, it's not always easy either because sometimes we have to heal some stuff from the underbelly of our subconscious or whatever, or he'll thump me and, and, or, show me something in myself where you were talking about that they trigger you. He'll show me something about myself that I have to clear up and heal. And it's not easy, like quitting smoking. That was, that was not an easy thing to overcome. And especially not having that physical person in your world where you can just grab them and, you know, I want a cigarette. Let me Aren't you no, <laughs> yeah. you, you, you don't have them there. You're you are you have them there on a soul level, but you don't have because you have to go through this purification process, and so you don't have them there physically, and yet you know that you have to overcome whatever you're guided to do. And if they're reflecting back to you that you have to do this, you have to do it, and that takes years sometimes years to yeah. heal this stuff. So it's not it's not this romantic fairy tale that you hear a lot of people talking about, and it's and it's a it's definitely not what a lot of quote unquote people that say they're twins that really aren't twins are talking about. Because you'll get into those communities, and it's like, oh, my twin beat me up. No, that's not a twin. A twin would never beat you up because they're your soul. Why would they do that to themselves? You know what I'm saying? It doesn't. It's not even making sense to me. But it's it's definitely it's it's got a lot of challenges and it's also extraordinarily miraculous. Yeah, sounds it sounds quite incredible, Ellen, for sure. Yeah. Well, hey, um, that is a lot to process, um, <laughs> and and you know uh, this is this is a, a as I mentioned earlier, at least for me sort of a new, um, uh, subject or, or, or topic that I, I'm learning about. I, I'm sure those listening in, there's various degrees of, you know, of, of, of familiarity with this topic prior to this podcast. But, um, Ellen, I thank you so much for your time. Again, this has been an incredibly fun episode. It's been an incredibly fun series in talking to you about so many, uh, important topics and, and thoughts and theories. And, um, and I hate to call them thoughts and theories because we experience them, but not everybody has. So it's, it's, um, you know, for some people it's, it's thoughts and theories to other of us, it's reality. So I just wanted to thank you so much uh, for taking your time and spending it with us here on the spirit woke podcast. It's, it's an honor. Well, thank you so much. And the, and the, the friends of mine that I've had just adore you and, and everybody that I've ever had feedback from just loves uh, your presentation and the way that you ask questions and everything. So thank you so much for just being you and for having me on. Well, it, the pleasure is all on this side of the microphone. And, <laughs> um, and for sure, we will have Ellen back again. This is, this is not the end of Ellen Red on the Spirit Woke podcast. Uh, she will be back, but it is def it's the end of this series and the beginning of, of something else. So with that being said, those listening in, thank you so much for choosing your time to spend with us. And we look forward to you coming back again. And until then be well.
to the Spirit Woke Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to check out our website, spiritwoke.com, and connect with the Spirit Woke community on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Spirit Woke. Join us next time for another edition of the Spirit Wolf Podcast. Namaste.